0: Yeah, so I'm kind of worried the doctor says he doesn't know what this rash is. Really? Because it kind of looks like the same thing that my dad had a couple weeks ago. Oh, okay. Like, you know, it was kind of like that same general area. Can you send me his number? Yeah,
1: All right, guys. Today's the day.
0: The day for what? Yeah, what are you talking about? And why do you have so many bottles
2: of vodka?
1: Today's the day we finally record the vodcast. I've been preparing for hours.
2: But I thought we were doing the nature cast today.
0: Yeah, we were definitely supposed to be doing an interview with uh, Mr. Quarles, remember? We were going to go see all of his crazy pets.
1: Mm, no, you guys must be confused. Today is vodcast day. I've been tracking it on my calendar for weeks.
0: But I wore my Steve Irwin outfit and everything. Jane, I think you're the one who's confused. We've rescheduled the vodcast so many times, I think you just mix up the dates.
1: What? Really?
2: Are you okay? Are you crying?
1: I'm just... I'm just so disappointed. We keep putting the vodcast episode off, and it's the only reason I even agreed to do this stupid podcast in the first place, and I don't even really like you guys that much, and and I already got drunk. So now what?
2: Wow, that's, uh, that's a lot to unpack right now. Sh- should we just do the vodcast today? She seems really upset. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think we should be rewarding that kind of behavior. Okay, well, you know, I don't think the vodcast is actually going to be an option for today. What? Why not? Because Jane's asleep on the floor. Well, we have to be at the interview in like 10 minutes. I say we just put a blanket on her and go. Hey, that's fine by me. Sweet dreams, Jane. Sweet dreams, you little bitch. $5 $5 a day, you can help feed a hungry podcaster. Please find it in your heart to help. <laughs> Jane, I am truly sorry that we're not going to be doing the podcast today.
1: I mean, it's fine. I'm My buzz is wearing off, so I'm getting getting over it, coming to terms with it.
2: If it makes you feel better, I did get to do a little drinking today, and I feel... I'm coming off a buzz as well, so...
1: Really? Wow.
2: Does that make you feel better?
1: Uh, I'm not sure why, that, it, why it would, but... Sure, I appreciate the support.
2: Mm. John, how about you, bud? How you doing? I did some drink,
0: drinking today as well. Oh, well, I it thought sounds you like didn't it. drink. I drank uh, some water and oh. I had a frappuccino from um, unnamed uh, coffee place. <sighs> the
2: Comedy of Misdirection, ladies and gentlemen. Hey
1: ho! We are
2: the three greatest comedians on the planet Earth. Welcome to Identity Crisis, the show about nothing, but just until we find our something. I'm one. I am John
1: and I am Jane and
2: today for you folks we have a nature episode but first we have a couple icebreakers for you guys little new segment we're going to be trying out just to get ourselves a little more on track so you can guys get to uh, know us a little better and so I can learn how to speak <laughs> um, today we're going to be doing uh, some re- music recommendations uh, telling you about all the fun artists and musicians Well, that's the same thing uh, And songs that we are listening to Hopefully you guys will glean a little something off that uh, Jane, do you have any musical recommendations for I
1: us? I so sure do Oh yeah, what I? actually, okay, so I'm not huge on rap music However Oh, big disclaimer Post Malone has stolen my heart Oh my gosh Because Give it back He's actually <laughs> Keep it forever <laughs> He is incredibly talented musically, which I didn't know when I first, like, heard his songs on the radio because, like, his mainstream stuff is very mainstream. But... There's a specific song off of his Bongs and Bentleys album mm. called Stay, and it's actually like really acoustic sounding, and it's him singing versus rapping, and the lyrics are actually really good, and I've been like learning it on guitar, on ukulele, oh. I've been playing it non-stop, like I can't, like I'm just obsessed with this song, and it's like a relatively older song, oh. but I would strongly recommend it.
2: Interesting, I didn't know you were a ukulele.
1: I I am. Oh, yeah. I see that caught you off guard, <laughs> the
2: little coinage of that phrase. Yeah. Are you upset he cut off his hair? Did no. He? Yeah. yeah. Know.
1: He said that they were turning into dreads. I know too much about him. I it, follow him on If Instagram. you guys
2: aren't aware, Jane actually has a couple face tattoos, uh, much like her hero and idol, Post Malone. There are
1: only a few teardrops, but that's none of your fucking she, business. She
2: did dye her hair uh, rainbow colors just like 6'9", so I'm not sure what team she's playing for right now.
1: Love is love, my G. Uh,
2: that's fair. John, you got something for us?
1: Um, yeah, I do. <clears throat>
2: Serenades.
0: Um, so um, there's a band I've been kind of listening to for a while now. They're called. I'm not, actually, I'm not sure if it's just one single person. Um, <laughs> it's a it's a band called Whitley. Hmm. Um, oh, could be one guy. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I don't knows. know. Um, maybe it's his last name. Or maybe it's his first name. I don't know. Maybe he's a robot. It's Who knows? No? Oh, anyways, uh, he makes really good music. Um, whenever people ask me, whenever I recommend this uh, person, band, whatever to people, they ask me, "What kind of music is it?" And I say. I don't know how to describe it. It's more, like, kind of, like, alternative, depressing alternative. Somehow. Hell, yeah. it's my favorite. It's, like, it's really like, the good. Japanese
1: house. Do you guys like them? Her? I don't Do know what that is. It. She does the same thing that Imogen Heap does with her. Like, it's, like, a voice modifier or whatever, but it, like, sounds so good. But it's the same thing. Yeah. It's, like, when people ask me what it is, I'm, like it's alternative, but like kind of depressing. Yeah, I or? generally,
2: and I think a lot of people do this more than they think, and I do it a lot. I kind of, and I've talked about this little, uh, last uh, episode where I kind of just label anything. I can't really describe as alternative. Yeah. Yeah. Same. That's Cause true. it's technically true, right?
1: Yeah. It is an alternative to <sighs> modern day music. Yeah. yeah. Do they have mainstream? a specific,
2: or does Whitley have like a specific song? Mm-hmm. That's like the breakout hit. Or? Um,
0: well, this their song, I have to look it up real quick. I can't remember. Um, I really like their song. I see it's like, oh, I'm accidentally playing it off my phone. Uh, their first song on the, the Spotify is called More Than Life. Mm. Um, I listen to a lot of their music when I'm about to go to sleep. It kind of soothes me. Oh. It sounds really nice.
1: I don't like to get existential before bed. Mm.
2: There's never a time I'm not existential. Same. For the worst. <laughs> well, uh, there's a band that. It, it, it was kind of working in reverse order because I went to see uh, one of my favorite bands called The Civil Wars. Unfortunately, they've broken up Oh my now. gosh, I
1: love The Civil
0: Wars. R.I.P. Yeah. When did
2: they break up? Like, a while ago. Didn't oh. they
1: release, like, oh, a decent I'm amount of music like, insinuating um, that they weren't They broke. They out. had
2: their first album, which is a pretty big hit. Then they broke up. Then they got back together for their sophomore album. And so that was lucky that we got that. But I went to go see them, and the, the band that was opening for them was called Milo Green. And sometimes when you see, like...
1: I know Milo Green. Do you, actually? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, oh. I went,
2: when I went to see Civil Wars, when I went to go see the Civil Wars, um, they're kind of, I mean, they're not like a super mainstream band, but they're out there. So with that in mind, uh, Milo Green, you know, the opener for a not so big band, I was like, oh, well, whatever, who cares? Mm. So I was like, eh, I'm not going to really pay attention. But when they came on stage, they wore electric. Um, in a boogie woogie woogie yes (laughs) they were they were really good so they were they were definitely I think you could uh, justifiably call them alternative Mm -hmm. Um, yeah once again it's it's they're kind of like post that sort of like Mumford band uh, Mm -hmm. phase Mm -hmm. but they still have some remnants of it where they're kind of woodsy and folky a little bit but you can kind of tell the direction they're going 1957 is one of their good songs and their second album I kind of differentiate their first and second album by, if they were a shirt or a piece of clothing, their first what? album is a flannel shirt. And you'll know what I mean. Their second album is a leather jacket, and it probably yeah. wears a motorcycle. That makes sense. It wears a motorcycle. It rides a motorcycle. It
1: wears a motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. So
2: a couple of other songs that you should be looking out for. Uh, 1957, that's kind of their breakout for their first album. Second album, White Lies is super good. It's It's more electric, poppy. It's electric.
0: Boogie woogie woogie.
2: Yeah, you didn't make that joke before, so that's good that you made it now. <laughs> Wait,
1: they, don't they have a song that was in a Kate Hudson movie?
2: They have a couple remember. songs that were in the background. I can't like,
1: remember what it's called, but it's like so sad, and it's about a breakup, where oh it's gosh. like from the guy's perspective and the girl's it's perspective. Like every Kate Hudson movie. No, not the movie. The song. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they have a new album called Adult Contemporary, and it is it's pretty fun. It's very um, adult kind of jazz loungy, and I think that's kind of what they're going for.
1: That so, honestly, Adult Contemporary made me think of yeah, somebody, like, and swirling think, Scotch in a glass. <laughs> I think they are
2: actually going for it. Okay, so flannel shirt, mm-hmm. leather jacket, second mm-hmm. second album, Got it, yeah. Scotch in a glass, maybe smoking a little cigarette, yeah, but okay. like an American Indian. Um, American hey, spirit or, um, American spirit Legs cigarette. crossed yeah. Like an asshole Just like looking off Into the distance <laughs> What?
1: Guy or girl Yeah you're, s- you're swirling the scotch In your glass And oh, your yeah. legs are I, crossed Whether you're a guy or girl Not that it matters When you said
2: leg crossed
0: And we were talking about uh, What Native Americans I was thinking like no, I criss-cross
1: have called crisscross applesauce. Yeah, I would have called it crisscross <laughs> applesauce.
2: Well, that is a summation of Milo Green, and hopefully got something out of it. Probably made no sense, but made sense to me, and that's all that matters.
1: Yeah, that really is all that matters. We're not doing this for you, listeners. We're doing this for us. My you, foot
2: assholes? is falling asleep so bad. Well, oh, wake it up. Stand up, do some jumping jacks. How do feet smell if they don't have a nose? Great. <laughs> well, as you can already tell, guys we are in a crisis with dealing with our co-host but the world of nature well i guess it's just the natural world <laughs> the planet earth is in a complete crisis 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 crisis, crisis. not just because of global warming um, what was it now? That climate change. Crisis. No, climate change. Yeah, like plastic
1: straws in the polarized cameras.
2: Oh my gosh. That, Freaking that, that, that video of the- Pick your the, cigarette butts the, up, you The sea you turtle with the nose- The, the nose. sea turtle, sea turtle with the straw in its nose. That's so sad. That is so sad. Right? Know, is so sad. Is Jane, what? give us a story to make us less sad or more sad.
1: Okay, I will. Ready? Are you ready for this headline? I don't yes. think I am. Holy cow. Whoa. Astronomer is a at mysterious new supernova. I think it's called Atlas. Um, but anyway, for many astronomers, 2018 will be remembered as the year of the cow. Did you know that l- actually means said your it?
2: name, but that's okay.
1: Oh my god, fuck!
2: <laughs> oh wait, we are going to just cut that
1: whole thing out Yeah,
0: it, we can't use it. I was thinking, I was like, well, she didn't say her name was <laughs> You censored my part out. You I'll just, just cut <laughs> this whole part. Yeah, we can't talk about names.
1: <laughs> anyway, um... Year of the Cow, after the nickname of a spectacular stellar explosion that has kept them busy for months, the unusual event has offered an unprecedented window onto the collapse of a star. And I guess two teams of researchers are working on this, and they've been working on it through October. Um, But essentially, there's a new supernova, and they're calling it Cow, and it's stupendous and wonderful, and the universe is infinite and amazing, and there's definitely aliens out there, I believe.
2: Oh my gosh, you found a way to squeeze it in, huh? So, let me get this straight. I, I guess I didn't hear Sorry it before. What was that? Was that a cow? Oh, uh, don't um, forget that. So, this this supernova, which is like an exploding star, I guess, is called cow. Ca- cow.
1: From from what I've gathered, um, it's it's not the most elegant of names, and I'm kind of trying to figure out exactly why it might be that way. I wonder if it's because, and I don't know this for, for true and for fact, but... I know that the Chinese New Year just happened, and we might be in the year of the cow now. I don't so think maybe cow's on the
2: mean. yeah, like no, bull is bull is <laughs> like on the zodiac, bull is on the Chinese zodiac. So yeah, bull. So fine. maybe it's
1: something along those lines. What are you
2: guys? bunch of bullshit. I'm the goat. Oh, I'm the, the go- monkey. The go- that
1: honestly time. makes a lot of sense. You're like high energy, mischievous, and mischievous and humorous. Throwing and my feces everywhere. Yeah, that has got a fucking spot.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> look, look at the walls. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Well, I just thought it would brighten the place up. It's just, anyways, anyway, it's starting to fester. So yeah,
1: there's a there's a new supernova, and they've named it. Cal I'm, psyched, I'm psyched. I'm psyched for it
2: to just wipe out yeah. this planet. And this is
1: from Nature.com or International Journal of Science colon nature so this is relevant to the colon the of nature john give us a story
2: BB. <laughs> i'm
0: the boar by the way oh we're, uh, Oh, sorry we <laughs> didn't for care because you're a huge boar uh this comes um, from bbc news oh, British? Huh. bbc this doesn't take place in england all right a tigress in india which is said to have killed 13 people has been shot dead after a major hunt official saying yeah uh, the six-year-old tigress had evaded capture in the two jungles of the western state of... I'm not going to try to pronounce this... ...for two years. Uh, last month, wildlife officials deployed perfume in a bid to lure the animal. Activists have campaigned to save the tiger, but India's Supreme Court said it would not interfere if forest rangers were forced to shoot it. Wow. A team armed with a tranquilizer gun and a firearm was stationed in a vehicle on the road where the tigress, known as T1... Kind of like Terminator, has uh, were spotted by villagers and forestry department. Stamos said, blah blah. blah. So, Could you uh,
1: imagine dying via tiger?
0: Pretty like, good way to I'm go. I'm just thinking, yeah, like, it's kind of badass, I started
1: feeling bad kind of for sad. the tiger. Like, that's really sad. She's just doing what she knows. But then I was like, twelve people, though. That's a lot of fucking people. Even and was like,
2: one person, just I out bad. of
1: nowhere, like a tiger's just on you. You
2: make it <laughs> doing her job. You make
0: it sound like. One person, okay, whatever. The Twelve <laughs> people, oh, that's, that sounds well, terrible. Well, that's
1: because I was raised in America where everything is uh, would... reactive, not proactive, so we have to wait for a yeah, couple I, people I was to be affected I was raised
0: in India, so it's kind of scary. <laughs> I'm just kidding about that. Um,
2: so I'm trying to Sounds find like the sequel to The Jungle Book. Uh, I'm Bucky.
0: trying to find it. All right, so yeah, when they were trying to hunt the the tigress, um, they used over 100 camera traps, bait from live horses and goats, tiger oh, trees, round the clock oh, surveillance from treetop platforms and armed patrols. Uh, I don't know how taxes work in
2: India, but that sounds like a lot of taxpayer money. <laughs> yeah, that
1: seems like a lot of effort going into But again, I mean, 12 people have lost their lives. It seems like they should, yeah. you know. Also,
2: smart tiger. Mm-hmm. That yeah i know right yeah
1: no joke
0: um it said the tigress is uh was believed to have killed 10 people in 20 months since 2016 oh, before killing three more in august
1: oh damn i was wrong either way
0: they yeah. uh did some says dna tests on swabs from tiger saliva from the wounds of seven of the 13 victims showed that five of them were inflicted by a female tiger i, I never really thought about that you always hear about like finding dna from humans like investigation, but never, like, oh, hey, let's yeah, go find true. some tiger DNA. Mm. Well, tiger I guess blood. that makes sense though. Tiger blood. How Charlie else Shane? would you like
1: know for sure that it was this one singular tiger just yeah. taking out a bunch of people? Hmm. It could just be a bunch of tigers that are like, "Yo, fuck humans, we're taking this continent back."
0: Maybe baby. are they endangered still? Probably. now. Humans are endangered now. Yeah, there's only are s- we? seven billion of us. Yeah, those tigers are only. In their eyes. Yeah,
1: I mean, anyway, but
0: I'm not trying to uh, deflect from uh, the. Deaths, but that's a terrible thing.
1: Yeah, and, that uh, is... Oh, yeah. We're very sorry for the families and the people that have been involved in that. And, I mean, it sounds like it's a happy ending, as happy as it could possibly be. Yeah,
2: humans 1, tigers 12. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, I'm mean, i pretty sure humans have killed more tigers. Oh, fair enough. Never mind.
1: In this particular instance.
2: Well, I've got a weirder...
1: Yeah, Juan. Possibly
2: happier story, I enlighten guess. Enlighten us. Okay, well, this one... It's kind of a weird headline it's just it's pretty ominous sounding but it's not as cryptic as Come it on. is it's just <laughs> she talks to the animals well she talks to the animals eliza thornberry she talks
1: to angels it's the black crows
2: animals eliza thornberry yeah, but
1: i think it's a play on the smashing
2: oh. um, ah,
1: right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's not eliza thornberry oh unfortunately Thornberry. Um, but it's this woman in baldwin county florida and the head or the lead goes like this she's a modern day dr dolittle a Bay minette woman is a professional animal communicator that is in quotes just wanted everybody to know with a book coming out this fall and Hmm. so it's this woman named all right she's got a bit of a name here um babette de jong uh knew at five at age five she could talk with animals once again in quotes but says her parents told her to knock it off. <laughs> but she gotta love parental support in all your hobbies and Hell endeavors. Yeah. Um, but until she was in her 30s, Babette thought maybe she was imagining things or was too sensitive. Eventually, she embraced her gift and didn't care who understood. She shrugged, I figure other people's opinions of me is none of my business. So she uses, apparently, she uh, she communicates with animals in her business for $90 per, I guess, communique uh, with these different pets and animals, and she uses different methods like pictures, um, uh, objects. Can I ask Tools. why
1: people would use her services? Is it literally just like, what's my dog thinking right now? Or is it like... Jane, this is America. I don't know if you remember where <laughs> you
2: are. You can make a business out of anything. Remember Long Island Medium? Uh, this one oh, was... I
1: loved that show. Okay,
2: fair enough. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I... No, we She just... was a medium. Why'd she... Why'd she
0: okay, uh, this is a... Boyfriend of... baking up with
2: her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, she was married.
2: Uh, Babette said that when she communicates with an animal... Different person. <laughs> Bad, wrong, wrong show.
1: All right. Continue,
2: Juan. Babette said that when she communicates with an animal that it is an actual conversation conducted through a combo of pictures, words, voices, and weirdly enough, sometimes even accents. I don't know how that fits in. Like, she's doing a jolly old yeah, English like accent. Yeah, that's the
1: crazy part, Juan. Uh, okay. She says she talks to animals. Fine. She says animals have accents. I call bullshit. <laughs> like, where's the line? Okay,
2: but here's my thing is... The way the article writes it, it does make it sound very fanciful and and outlandish by calling her Dr. Doolittle and all that. But I feel like you know we we do communicate with animals in certain sure. ways, like very nonverbally, obviously. But it does kind of get a little out there. Um, <laughs> uh, in this next paragraph, Babette also communicates with animals that have died. She declared ah, it's no different. Okay, now she's this crazy. Now she's now, now she's partner. drawing the line. It's soul-to-soul communication. Okay, Babette, I was with you. I was defending you, Babette. But now you want to say you communicate with dead animals.
1: Honestly, if she's not hurting anybody and she really enjoys this, then, like, go on with, with your bad self. But, like, I just feel like there's probably other symptoms happening in her life, yeah. and she might need treatment.
0: I
2: mean, if people are falling for this, go on her and she's making money.
1: People but. are stupid.
2: She I also see. says she's not sure if dogs go to heaven, but she does see them running and playing with other pups. Aww, so giving her clients, so has she ever beautiful. seen the movie? I've seen the movie. I can't remember All the movie. So it was pretty good. scary if many, I remember. How many were there?
1: I think I had two recorded. All dogs go to heaven. Yeah. So Pebble so in and Paddington was good. Is it about a
0: single dog? Like, does he go to heaven?
3: And like, or does he go to with heaven you, again? I
1: remember like hell. Like. <laughs> oh yeah. I, know. I remember like the movie and the characters and what they looked like and everything, but honestly gun to my head I could not tell you what that movie was about maybe. anymore. Like I don't remember. Yeah. I haven't watched it since I was a little. Well, a it was about dogs.
2: Luckily for <laughs> maybe on, our go. next guest that we have coming up, Babette does not just uh connect with pets. She also connects with rattlesnakes, weirdly specific. Octopus, horses, goats could be pets. Sheep, dogs, cats and birds. So she's, she's got quite the oeuvre, quite Anything's
1: a pet if you repertoire. wrangle
2: it. Oh. If you wrangle it.
1: Yeah, anything's a pet if you make it a pet. I've been wrangling. Well,
2: that's true. Okay. Bad boy. Well, that is the crisis of the day in the natural world. Uh, what is exciting though, guys? What's that? What? We do have our very first guest.
1: That's right. Yes. I feel so bad that I missed it. How did it go?
2: It went pretty well, it went pretty weirdly. Um, but we had Weird a chance in a good to. good a bad way? Uh, only good, honestly, I mm, think. Good. What do you think, John? Did you meet him on on our Tinder profile? I met him on Craigslist. Oh, okay. That's better. (laughs) No. So we had a chance to sit down with Beastmaster Jeff. uh, It sounds like a Tinder (laughs) profile. (laughs) A Tinder profile, yeah. (laughs) Sounds like a lot of different profiles that I shan't go into. Um, But Beastmaster Jeff uh, is a mild-mannered gentleman who lives in a very unassuming uh, suburban neighborhood with a garage full of creepy crawlies Mm. that we got to sit down with, and we got to handle some of those creepy crawlies oh we did we no we didn't but he did we watched from a distance yeah we did and just videotaped so we're gonna throw it to john and juan from the past take it away guys all right hey uh future jane john and juan this is uh john and juan from the past we're Hello. here in a lovely neighborhood suburban neighborhood on a lovelier fall day and we're rolling up i'm rolling up in my uber uh, and John, you came in, uh, and we walked up to a garage, and pretty unassuming home. We found Beastmaster
3: Jeff alive and well, thank goodness. Uh, tell us what you've got in there, Beastmaster Jeff. So they call me Beastmaster Jeff because I'm the, the animal guy, but uh, I keep venomous snakes from cobras to rattlesnakes, cottonmouths, copperheads, um, venomous lizards, beaded lizards, uh, some mammals. I have foxes. I have a lynx. Which is a cat, with the big feet to walk in the snow, which you haven't seen. I Haven't seen that. Stays oh, wow. upstairs, hidden. She's seven, <laughs> it's in the house. It's in the house. Oh, wow. oh, Seventeen years old. That's my wife's cat, and she kind of doesn't like anybody to go anywhere near it. Or <laughs> yet, she just the upstairs is hers, and she's not as exactly as friendly as. I'll take your word for it. Maybe some of the <laughs> others, but anyway. So that's what I do. Okay. It's,
2: now my biggest question, and probably everybody's biggest question,
3: why? Why? I knew that's was coming because that's what everybody says. Because it's just a hobby. I, I was born with it. Okay. People are born wanting to be a boxer. People are born wanting to work on cars or computers. And I've just always been fascinated by animals. Okay. Is
2: there a particular uh, inspiration or event that occurred in your life to make uh, you?
3: I would say probably um, my dad. When we, when we were little, uh, he would find turtles and snakes in the road sometimes. And he would bring them home to us from age three on. So if I had to pinpoint any time period, it's probably it. Okay. Because he was exactly like us he, he was crazy about animals okay so, so from
2: little turtles that, that, you
3: know, yeah yeah but I still think it's something that's born in you it's a trait you know right and uh, I've just always been fascinated by everything it's really the only thing fitness and animals are probably the only thing I've ever cared about there's
2: two things you should care about ever at all right uh so now is this just a hobby or is this something well, it's part use?
3: hobby it's part career I've worked for the uh, fishing game and then also USDA doing conservation programs all over the state uh, okay. educate people on conservation to, uh, mainly to keep animals alive rather than kill them okay and so, what, what does that
2: sort of position entail <laughs> uh,
3: well like the USDA will give me maybe five or six places that they would like me to do every year and they'll actually give me a list of 20 or 30 and I'll pick five or six mm-hmm. whether it's a boy scout banquet or a public school or sometimes even church events things like that uh, and so I'll show up with some of my animals talk about the regions what they're about just educate them Okay. You know, and then mostly educating them in the importance of, of having them and why we have to have them. Okay. You know, as far as eliminating something, what it does to the ecosystem. Right. So that's my program.
2: Okay. Is there a particular area of conf- conservation that's especially important today?
3: Uh, no, not really. I mean, just overall conservation. You know, everything is important. Right. You know, so I don't really pinpoint any particular thing. Like, you know, I don't use the spotted owl. Is my main focus in Washington State before you guys were born. That was the big deal, and mm. you know, so I don't have any, nothing in particular. Just overall <laughs> conservation is what I think about. Gotcha.
0: How many, how many different animals do you have here? You know, basically, okay. uh,
3: I used to have about seventy venomous snakes wow. from every region of the world, uh, every species, every kind. Very few that I didn't have at the same time. At I the don't... same time. Wow. Um, from all different types of cobras to old world vipers and adders and just everything. Now I've, I'm down to about 20, and that's just where I keep it. Oh, gosh. Is, is that what marriage does to you? Yeah, you gotta give them all your snakes. <laughs> I, yeah, pretty well, no. Just, <laughs> she always says, just as long as they are not in the house. So, because I, I originally built a two car garage on. Okay. And I turned half of it into a weight room. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And then I turned half of that into an animal room. Real man cave. So that, that's a true <laughs> man cave. So then, yeah. And, and it, long, she, she really doesn't care. I mean, she's like, I don't care if you have an elephant. Just <laughs> don't bring it in the house. Right. Now, what is, what is, I gotta imagine, with all the energy
2: and the fervor you have for these animals. What does teenage Jeff look like with this kind of
3: hobby and passion? What did I look like as a teenager? Yeah, like how did t- t- this I'll tell you what's a funny itself. thing. This is what teenage Jeff looked like. So I'm a teenager. Of course, everything's the same. The first rattlesnake I caught, I caught when I was 12 years old. And I brought it home, and I didn't have anything. I brought it home in a Maxwell House coffee can, but I thought <laughs> I could push the top off of it. So that was good enough to get it home. I snuck it in the car with my parents. And now I have nowhere to keep it because, you know, we didn't have cages. There were, weren't pet stores back then, really. Right. So my older brother was a horse rider, so he had these big, tall horse riding boots. Ah. So I took a baby rattlesnake and put it in his horse riding boots. And I kept it in his boots for like three months, and it never came out. And he never, and of course, my, he, was all, he was off to, he had really bad asthma. Yeah. So he was in Colorado at some special place for asthma. Right. So I knew he wasn't coming home. So I've got this rattlesnake in my house. And horse riding boots. So that's kind of where it started as far as like the venomous stuff. And because I knew when I saw it, like, oh, man, it's a rattlesnake, you know, and I had to have it. And what 12 12-year-olds like, dude, I got to take this home. Right. You know, so that was my teenage years, and it just carried on. Then in the military, nothing changed. After I got through boot camp and tech school, everywhere I was stationed, I had a pet pheasant, which I caught behind the chow hall. And we saw the, the pheasant in the field. And all my Navy buddies said, you could never catch it. They were laughing. They thought it was a joke. And I said, just watch. Right. Five minutes later, I come walking, and I'm carrying this pheasant in the chow hall. Mm-hmm. And the chief's like, get this damn thing out of here. <laughs> so I act like I was letting it go. to right back to the barracks, and I gutted my stand-up cabinet where you keep all your uniforms. And that's where my pheasant lived for about three weeks until like a warrant officer came in and was like, uh-uh. When they do barracks inspections, uh-huh. they said, this has got to go. It's better than them cooking it. That's right. I, uh, oh, how yeah. the that story's going to end. So I had to let it go. So I immediately replaced it with two squirrels. Oh, of course. <laughs> no, I've got
2: you know, at this point, I'm not surprised about anything you tell me. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so
3: I replaced, I've got pictures on my phone of me with the, with the squirrel on my head. Oh my gosh. In, in the Navy. Yeah. And, um, and it, but everyone in the barracks, they loved it. They didn't, or love them. Right. You know, they, they never, nobody one ever cared and I, once they were grown, I just let them go. So I've always had something. Right. And even when we went to, uh, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, mm-hmm. and, uh, when all the guys wanted to, you hit a port, and all the guys, the first thing they want to do is get drunk and get hookers. And that was just never my thing. I didn't care anything about that. And I, I would go immediately to a taxi cab driver, and they speak Portuguese in Brazil. Right. And I'm like trying to communicate to him, tell him, just take me to the rainforest, the trees, somewhere there's animals. You know, we're going through this thing until so he figures out what I want. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'll give you $30. Well, $30 back then, it's just it's huge. A huge meal in Rio de Janeiro was four dollars. Right. Awesome. I mean just I mean that's how strong the dollar is there. Mm-hmm. So he drives me and I give him the thirty dollars. He takes me like just ten miles outside of Rio. And also I'm I'm in the rainforest. It was right. awesome. So I said, if you come back in two hours, I'll give you thirty more dollars. Well he was not gonna let that pass. So he was literally riding the road, and he's just watching me. He is not gonna <laughs> leave. So he's watching me the whole time. Within twenty minutes I found a jararaca, which is Brazil's most venomous snake. Oh, I didn't know what it was because I didn't know, <laughs> <clears throat> I knew it would kill you, but I, I didn't know the Old World Vipers back then. You know, I only right. knew what we had in America. Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, I'm trying to figure out, okay, how am I, it's coming home with me one way or another. <laughs> I don't care. It's coming home. So I took my shirt off oh. and I tied the sleeves and then I tied the neck in a knot, everything in a knot and I left the bottom open, the waist, and then I got a stick and I'm pushing this snake into the shirt and it's only about maybe 24 inches at best. And then I put the stick above the knot, a tie knot in it. Now I'm carrying a the snake. Then I got no shirt on. And then I get into the taxi cab. Well, this guy's looking at me like, he, he knows what I'm doing. He's like, this guy's a limited. <laughs> and then I said, just take me back to the ship. You know, the ship. So he's like, oh, okay. Not, not back to where you saw me, but all the way back to the dock. <laughs> so then he takes me back to the dock. And now I have to get past the chief that's on duty. They call it the brow. When you go on the ship, you're supposed to say permission to come aboard and you salute them. With no and shirt on. And they say permission granted, but you can't do it without a shirt. You have to have clothes on. <laughs> it's and, um, So now i got to figure out how am I going to get on this boat and get past this chief. This isn't going to fly. And uh, plus you have customs there also. Customs check about one in every 20 people that come on. Make sure you're not bringing drugs or something. Right. Snakes. Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> They're not even thinking of venomous snakes. They're like, there's no way this guy. So... What I did was, I timed it and I saw this group of sailors come on all at one time. Mm-hmm. Well, the chief's not going to do this with every single one. He's just going to salute the whole group. Right. So I got kind of behind the group carrying the shirt and, and kind of blocking my body. And, <laughs> and then they also had permission to come aboard and everybody saluted. And he's like, okay. And he's not looking. And we all got on and customs didn't stop anybody. It just worked out great. So now I've got a Jeraka on the boat. And I'm thinking, okay, now what do I have to do? How I have to transfer this Jeraka from my t shirt to a pillowcase. So I took two pillowcases called Double Bag and I put it in the pillowcase. Am I boring y'all with this story? No. I'm very bored at this crazy night. Really so I got, I got to Javaka into the pillowcase that tight and not. Now I have my hookups. They call it the mess decks. So these are the cooks. Uh-huh. And it's always great to be friends with the dispersing guy because that's the guy that gives you your money. And it's good to be friends with the cooks. Of course it is. So I was friends <laughs> with all those guys. And so I go down to the deck, you know, and I'm like, okay, I need a piece of meat. And they're like, "What do you want a piece of steak for?" And I said, I, "I want a piece of raw meat. Just give me a piece of beef or something." They're like, "What do you got?" Corals? And I said, "I got a snake." And they're like, "That figures." So they they hooked me up. So about once every two weeks, I I fed the snakes. So and you got to figure out how to shove. You got to force feed a jararaca. So you got to figure out how can I get this piece of beef? And I've mastered it. You know, you take a screwdriver and you, you put it in the end <laughs> of their mouth, and then you work it down into their mouth. And then you kind of take your thumb and you work it down its body. Wow. And that's how you do it. And, um, so everything was working out great. Well, like in every situation, you always, 10 people like, this is really cool. He's crazy, but it's still really cool. Yeah. And then you got that one guy that's like, I'm not going to let this fly. And so somebody told our divisional chief. Boo. Right. So here we are pulling into Valparaiso Chile. It's about 2 a.m. in the morning, the night before we hit port. And my chief wakes me up and he's like, just going off on me. You stupid ass, just. Just going off, you know. I, you know, what is wrong with you? And do you really have a snake? And let me see inside your rack. And I said, You, you can't look in the bag. I said, I can't open it. I said, If it gets out, and he's like, You're going to be the first one off the boat in the morning, just going off on me. And I was like, I can't believe so. I told on me. So <laughs> I wasn't the first one off, but I was definitely in the first group. Right. And his name was Chief Grove. And uh, so I'm thinking I'm in like really, really big trouble. I don't know what I'm going to get an Article 15 for, but I knew I'm going to lose a stripe over this. And right. I was like, man. And I only had six weeks left in the Navy to boot. I was done. I was out. And my time was up. Mm. My wife was meeting me in San Diego. I was going to meet her in San Diego with a Jararaka. <laughs> and we're going to go home. And I'm going to have this, this prank. And that's how my young brain was thinking. So we get off. Now we pull into Valparaiso, Chile. And all it is is concrete and people for as far as you can see. Miles of concrete and people. to seaport. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we're walking on, down the dock and across this Place and it's 90 degrees. And I said, Chief, there's just, we can't let this thing go here. There's nowhere to let it go. There's thousands of people because everyone loves to meet greet the sailors. Right. And he said, Just keep walking, just keep walking. So we walked several hundred yards across this concrete parking lot, if you call mm-hmm. it. And he finally says, Okay, this is good. And I was just kind of like looking around and I'm like, Man, I don't know if I want to drop this off, you know, right just like right here. He said, Dude, we're chilly. Who cares? <laughs> drop it off and just get back on the boat. So I said, All right. I don't know how it went down. I hope nobody went up to it. It was really, it probably died before it ever found shelter because it's so hot. But as we're walking back, Lenny puts his arm around me, and he said, what's wrong with you, boy? Why can't you be like a regular sailor? Go get your damn hooker. Get drunk. Why do you always got to be messing around and having alligators and snakes and stupid crap like that? Because I'd had a baby alligator on the boat one time. (laughs) I've always had something on that boat <laughs> right. so he's like why can't you be normal why can't you do the normal stuff and I just said this is just what I like I like this Jeff <laughs> <laughs> Master Jeff I have to be honest I would love to see
2: the movie trailer to your life because that whole thing sounded like that's just, a movie
3: that's barely scratching the surface man you have no idea oh, we might have to make this a series <laughs> check in with Master Jeff see if you're still alive first you of all you have no idea if you actually went to my YouTube channel
2: right uh oh he's plugging <laughs> no no no, if you, if if you, you actually went to
3: my YouTube channel, I have thousands of videos of going, you know, catching alligators, right. and Just everything. What's your YouTube channel? It's just my name, Jeff Corals. Jeff Corals. How do, you, how do you spell that? Q U A R L E S, Jeff Corals. That's a weird way to spell Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Corals. So, anyway, yeah, if you go through, I mean, that's half my life right okay, there. Okay, cool. A lot uh, of stuff.
0: Yeah. Okay, so you were mentioning uh, you got the links for your wife. Yeah. Um, Did you ever uh, try giving her any other pets that was she wasn't fond of? Um,
3: I mean, I've brought a lot of stuff in the house that she wasn't fond of. I brought a pig, and we had a pig in the house for a year. Pig's name was Floyd. That didn't go over too well. Pink Floyd. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I named you after Pink Floyd. But anyway, that's true. I did. Oh, very cool. Um, (laughs)
2: Is there is there any kind of animal that your wife just? What was the line where you just? Nope, not doing it. Can't do it.
0: Uh, She probably doesn't like want you to. The, the pig. near the house <laughs> well, I want you to get involved I, with.
3: So you see the kind of neighborhood we live in. Yeah. So yeah. I brought chickens home one time, roosters and chickens. <laughs> okay. They're not even allowed. The most mild mannered, I does. say. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, she wasn't excited about the pig either. Yeah. You know, pigs, chickens, you know, that's farm stuff. She, she didn't, all of that stuff. She, if, I, if I'm determined to do something, she can't stop me. Right. I'm going to do it. That's just how we've always worked. and I'm going to do what I want to do. And, um, and that's just how it is. And she's not, you know, she can be very unhappy about it, and then she can sit back and say, I told you so. That wasn't going to work. And cause Circle it, of life. Yeah, because the, the roosters were cock-a-doodle-dooing at 5 o'clock in the morning. Right. And this neighbor right here was going ballistic. Was, he's like, dude, come on. He actually comes walking over like at 6. And he says, dude, I can tolerate a lot of your stuff. I can't hang with the rooster. <laughs> he said, dude, I work. This is not going to work out, man. Please. For the love of God, get rid of the roosters. There's a cobra in my pillowcase, but I can't handle these roosters. Right. No, that's what he said. He said, I know you have the snakes, and you have this and that. He said, but man, come on. the rooster, really? So we got rid of the rooster chicken. She didn't like Floyd. She, it's not that she didn't like him. She just knew a pig in a house wasn't going to work. Because so, you see it on TV all the time. The celebrities have little pigs. Right. Those little pigs grow up to be big pigs. Right. There is no such thing. Is a teacup pig. Yeah. I paid $1,000 for this pig that's supposed to stay the size of a football. That mug <laughs> is as big as a table now. You know, the pig's a pig. There is really is no such thing as a teacup pig. It's a scam. Right. And uh, and I kind of suspected that anyway, but I wanted to try because I always kind of wanted a pig. <laughs> and uh, so, but that pig was so destructive. They just, it's not that they root, they, they chew way worse than dogs. Right. They chew on everything, anything and everything. It just—it was a disaster, right? So, so the pig went. That was probably the worst thing. Gosh, the pig, pig, and
2: chickens—the kind of the backbone of the American diet. In a farm, and, yes, not, right there in my house. This, what you'd imagine is in every kid's book uh, about a farm. E I E I O, mm-hmm. sort of thing. Right. and then that's the line. <laughs> you know, you have puff adders and and Right, that's the line.
3: That's the line. I, I love it. Uh, what a what a topsy turvy life you. <laughs> you well, know, I've had other. You know, I've had other stuff. You know, I I had an alligator upstairs. In my, in my kid's
2: room when they were little. And she's just like... And I said I wouldn't be surprised at whatever you told me about that. That was <laughs> I'm coming back, yeah. So
3: I had an alligator upstairs. And, uh, and, you know, the boys were showing it to all the kids. And my wife was like, I just cannot believe that there's an alligator upstairs in my kid's room. Right. You know, and, but it, was, it wasn't big. It wasn't big enough to, to do any damage to you. <laughs> but it's going to get big. Yeah. You know. And then once I got my permits, the USDA doesn't permit... You know, Alligators in Virginia can't right. have them, so now I got to get rid of it. I got to figure out how to get rid of it, right? And uh, which I just ended up giving it to another collector. So,
2: now speaking of permits and, and all that, I remember coming here the first time and I thought, Oh, should I not talk about this? Is this like the best kept secret in this lovely neighborhood? Should oh. I? But what all goes into Because you said you're retired, yeah. from conservation yeah. at you know, in the official sense at least, right? Uh, so, what kind of uh, red tape or bureaucracy do you have to go to to keep these animals it's
3: you know it's really weird because everything is based on money right you know that you know that so they say oh my goodness no you should you cannot have you cannot have these animals you know it's crazy to have these animals well unless you want to pay for these permits oh. then it's okay so get and that's how it works so you fill out all the paperwork you know you fill, you, you show them what you want to do your agenda and all that stuff and then you give them a certain amount of money and then they give you a permit, and then everything's hunky-dory. You know, they show up. They can come randomly anytime they want and inspect to make sure that you're taking care of them, you know, the right. well-being of them. But it's still all about the money. Right. You know, but so long as you have the permit, now you're good to go. But you have to get certain things. Like I have a Class C. It's an exhibitor permit because mm-hmm. I put my things on exhibit. Right. So I have a, a USDA exhibitors permit.
2: So you bring these guys to schools or have people come to Schools. Here?
3: I always take them away. I don't, oh, gotcha. Yeah, you know, yeah. For liability insurance reasons. Right. Um yeah, so I'll t- you know, I'll pick something and then go to it. Like I do the job core, you know what the job core is? Yeah. yeah. It's trade school. Yeah, yeah. That's the last one I just did okay. it was the job core.
2: I asked you a funny question last time we were here and we I got an even funnier answer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you have several venomous snakes that if you know, can kill you, right? Yeah. Correct? Here it comes. Uh, so Safety-wise, do you have any anti-venoms in there? <laughs> nope.
3: I have a protocol. Okay, a protocol. Tell me all about this protocol. I have a protocol. I usually update them every few years of my protocol so they, they know who I am. If um, if if say if I was bitten by an exotic snake, like, say, the monocle cobra, right? they're going to call either Alligator Adventure or the um, Gatlinburg Zoo. They right. have the anti-venom. They're, the biggest thing is they have to keep me alive until they can get that anti-venom, which could, you know could be a little while. Gotcha. So they probably have to put me on a ventilator because, uh, say, a monocle cobra is a neurotoxin, so that shuts down your respiratory system. Your brain can't tell your diaphragm to let your lungs contract and expand, so that's what kills you with that kind of snake. Right. So they're going to put you on a ventilator, keep you breathing until they can get that antivenom. Um, if I'm bitten by a rattlesnake or something like that, they have something called a crofab, which they do keep here, and that's a one-treat-all antivenom for American snakes. North right. American snakes. So they, they know who I am. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> they know you will. <laughs> but no, you can't have, like for me to keep, like one vial of antivenom is about 7000 bucks. Wow. Yikes. One bite, an average bite, usually needs about 18 vials of that antivenom. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the shelf life of that antivenom is only three years. Uh-huh. So you're talking 70000 80, bucks, 80000 yeah. just to keep the proper dose, you know, even maybe more. Yeah. So you, you have to, you can't do that.
2: Less expensive to just cross your fingers
3: and <laughs> <Yes. laughs> have good safety protocols, You right? have to be careful.
2: Right, right, right.
3: And I've actually, I've had some close calls. I've been bitten by a cobra. Oh. And um, I lucky, it hit an artery. I actually have pictures and all that, but it, oh. I, I got bit by one model of a cobra, so it, luckily when it hits an artery, arteries, and it pushes blood away. Right. Rather than a vein, takes it in. Right. So when I was bitten by this cobra, it was a huge cobra, and, um... I knew that I could smell the venom. I didn't feel that intense. To be bit by a venomous snake is like a hornet times ten. Right. That's what it feels like. It's just excruciating, and and the, that pain wasn't there. So, but then I could smell the venom. So the blood is pushing the venom out, and I could smell it. Mm. And so I just let my hand bleed, and probably bled about a half a pint. And then I and I figured I was safe. I'm like, man. So that was just pure luck. All right. It pure feels luck. like
2: uh, an unsaid thing in this kind of community, but getting bit
3: that that's got to give you some street cred, right? <laughs> Or idiot credit. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, it's adrenaline. You know, if I couldn't do what I do, I just soon not be here because this is really what I live for. Right. You know what I mean? And life is short. And My dad used to always say, if you can't do what you want to do in life, there's really no purpose for it. Mm. And so, yeah, t- you know, I go to the extreme with the venomous snakes and stuff like that. But if I died, it'd be terrible in the family and all that. But, but I wouldn't die. I'd, I'd die very happy. Because mm-hmm. I got to do what I wanted to do. Right. This is what I want to do. So you know, you have to be very careful, and and not take ri- too many risks. But you know, you, people that skydive, you know, yeah. you know people that you jump out of a perfectly good airplane and just pray that the parachute goes. Right. Sometimes it doesn't. Sure. You know what I mean? Um, rock climbing. You know what I mean? Rock climbing. I mean that, that's crazy to climb up the face of a, a mountain and, and hope that something one of those rocks don't break and you go tumbling to your death. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. There's not a, any money in the world. To, I would do either <laughs> one of those. But I'll drag a cobra up before I'm right. <clears throat> Why not? Why not combine them? Go skydiving with an alligator. <laughs> I'm, one of them scare lights. <laughs> might make you more comfortable. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, you know, th- that, that's truly what an adrenaline junkie is. Right. You know, that's what gets you... Just, that's just what gets your juices flowing. Right. Is, is that kind of thing. Cool. Yeah, uh, yeah a question I always
0: had... Um, I'm not sure if you'll be able to answer this. but I always wondered how effective
2: it was to suck out poison zero effectiveness really nothing yeah. i've heard and maybe i'm also wrong but uh you know hollywood kind of i feel like romanticizes that idea of sucking out the poison indiana jones and all that but are you supposed to cut it open more to let it bleed out more or is no it because here's health? the
3: thing about a bite when people are right, so blood is always circulating in your body right mm-hmm. <clears throat> unless you're hitting an artery gotcha so blood is always circulating by the when that snake bites you and by the time you you even acknowledge that that snake has bitten you that venom is already moving because mm-hmm. your blood is always circulating. So by the time you get your little kid out and cut that little X into your arm, that's that, that, that stuff has already gone up an inch. You know, so you don't even really know exactly where it, it just and you you couldn't suck it out anyway. Right. It's just it's too deep. You know, you mm-hmm. just it that that's just old school. It right. never it never worked. Right. It never worked.
2: So best course of action, find your nearest hospital. <laughs>
3: best course of action is find the nearest hospital. You you put on They'll tell you, some people tell you don't use a tourniquet at all, but you do use a tourniquet, but you just, you put it on just tight enough where it slows the venom down, the circulation down, right. but you don't want to cut it off because you don't want to lose the limb either. Right. You know, although if I was bitten by something like my puff adder or a cobra, you might actually want to lose that limb because it's going to be really touch and go whether they can get that venom to you quick enough. Right. I wouldn't do that, but, you know, I'm going to take the chance and hope they can find the antivenom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... It's a win-win. You die happy
2: or you, you stay alive.
3: Right. With no limb. But anyway, yeah. So no, those old school things
2: don't work. Uh, are there any big names that, or, you know, any personal heroes or inspirations that have kind of like pushed you further into your own craft or your own passion? Steve Irwin. Steve Irwin. He's <laughs> the man. Now, I kind of expected that, I guess. Did, <laughs> did you really? know? Yeah. We
3: were doing this before Steve. Steve Irwin came on the scene in 1994. huh Now, my brother and I had already been in Everglades and all that, catching all these, doing all this long before he came. So a lot of people think, "Oh, you're you're the next Steve when You're trying to be Steve Irwin." Dude, I was doing this way before him, way before he came here to this country. Right. You know, but yeah, as far as uh, a mentor, he was the best, the greatest herpetologist that ever lived, uh, best environmentalist, conservationist. He was definitely my. And then Jeff Corwin would be my second favorite.
2: Love Jeff Corwin. Yeah, Just being a Disney Channel all the time. Love him. Out. Yeah. <laughs> so those two guys, are, they're the best. Yeah. 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 Golly. I guess you should get an accent. Maybe your fame will go through the <laughs> roof. <laughs> it's really accent. Good idea. <laughs> well, okay, so... I remember
0: you, uh, I heard you earlier mention the rulers The Kratz. Yeah, the Kratz. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. I watched... I was like, oh, wait, where have I heard that name before? I was like, Zabumafu. Zabumafu. That right?
3: Yeah, name. that's exactly yeah. them. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and see, they... they, My my twin and I had an episode that was coming on on Geo, mm. and, and I told you I pulled the plug on that. Right. And so they used... They found their, their. Now they are twins, right? The Kratz brothers. I, I so. couldn't say. They, they're close. To, well, they're brothers, and they're I've so close. Yeah. yeah, they're yeah. probably not twins, but but that's kind of what they were looking for. Right. And uh, and I'm pretty sure that Andrew Walter produced those guys. He's the right. one. That, that did that it's like the property brothers of the animal world (laughs) right right right. (laughs) interesting everybody's gotta have twins nowadays yeah (laughs) it's a
2: weird desire but um just to kind of cap things off unless johnny you got anything else okay um just to cap things off i gotta know what is your white whale what is the animal out there that you just maybe couldn't get your hands on or you just have had a desire
3: to either see or capture indigo snake indigo snake why is that Indigo snake uh, it's one of the rarest snakes in the United States. also the largest constrictor in North America. Oh. Um, it's indigenous to the United States. It's indigenous to the United States. What, what area? South. Southeastern. Okay. And they they were extremely common uh, up until about the 70s, and then collectors just overcollected. collected uh, They're huge. It, they're color of indigo. You know, indigo yeah. is so black, it's blue. Right. And that's just a huge, magnificent snake. And I've always wanted one. i always wanted to find one. You have to have a federal permit for them. And, and things like that uh, but not just to go you know locate them okay is that something you're still kind of chasing down or you kind of- yeah, you know i know that i could find one there's nothing that i haven't been able to find but it, you have to you've got to find a location and then you just have to concentrate on that area and that's really not my thing like when i go down south I, i'm kind of all over the place i don't mm-hmm. like to stay in one area right because that kind of becomes boring so even though that's the snake that i would love that's my bucket list snake Mm-hmm. That I have, I've only seen a couple dead, and I've never they've been hit by cars. I've never actually found one, oh. and they live in gopher tortoise dens. And I'm, and I stop at all these places where there's no gopher tortoise. I've just been never, I've never been lucky, but I have friends that can find them all the time. Oh, that's no. my white, so that would be the white whale, right? Yeah, you know, because you know, like I have a buddy that he calls me he's like, yeah, I saw two indigos today. I'm like, oh man, you. Jerk. So they're not venomous <clears throat> they're constrictors. Not venomous constrictors. There's only four venomous snakes in America. Right. The copperhead, cottonmouth, coral snake. And rattlesnake, right? And then, and then you have subspecies and different species of rattlesnake, and mm. but there's only four venomous,
2: right? Okay, so they're they're constrictors. So I imagine they're pretty big boys.
3: Yeah, yeah. They, oh, they're they're big. Yeah, they can get up to eight feet. Oh boy, you know, big as your bicep. They're big, big snakes. <laughs> thanks, big <bicep>. thanks, man. <laughs> 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 Appreciate the compliment. Yeah, and maybe one day I'll find one. Oh well. And right. then you know, in some ways, I'm kind of glad that I haven't found one because I am about conservation. And so I know removing just one right. will hurt, but it'd be really hard for me not to take it home right. if I found it. And I always tell myself that I'm going to do the right thing and, and leave it. But who am I kidding? Right. You know, <laughs> I, I really want one really bad. And, um, and I want to be able to find it myself. I don't want to buy it somewhere. Right. You oh, know? yeah, of course. The thrill of the hunt. For the exotics, you know, for the exception of the exotic snakes, everything you see in that room, I caught myself or my son caught Colin and right. we found ourselves. On all these trips, because we've been all over the world looking for snakes. Right. So everything in there is hand-caught, legally, Right. but hand-caught. What's
2: the furthest place you've been besides the Mexico and Brazil's?
3: Well, Brazil would be the farthest place. Okay, Brazil. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I've been to Korea, and so Korea is further. Okay. But I didn't. I, I was I was just Navy. I was just a port. There wasn't. Gotcha wasn't any kind of adventure like that.
2: Okay. Well, I promise you, if you catch your indigo snake, we will do an update episode to, <laughs> to check in and see if you catch you, uh, your promise or left
3: yeah. it there. Or <laughs> the thing about indigos is they're breeding seasons in the winter, right. and I don't do herping trips. That's what they call it, herping. Right. Uh, I don't do herping trips in the winter, mm-hmm. and, and that's when they're most common. If you really want to find an indigo, you got to go in December when they're actually breeding. Oh, man. And it's kind of a cold weather snake. It's a strange thing about them, but uh, you know, I'm just not going to... Nobody wants to go with me in December. To-
2: Maybe John and I will break out the snowshoes yeah. for you. There you we'll go. We'll join you. You'd love it. Well, I appreciate your time today, Beastmaster Jeff. Um, is there any piece of advice or just anything that you can give to our listeners?
3: Yeah, don't touch it if you don't know what it is. <laughs> that applies to a lot of different areas in <laughs> life, and we appreciate that. That's what she said. Yes. <laughs> we appreciate it, Beastmaster Jeff. Thank Back you. to you,
2: Jane John and Juan. Thanks, Juan.
1: Wow, guys! What an interesting interview, full of animals and information and animals. What was your Thank favorite you. part? Um, I really like the part where uh, Mr. Quarles um, answered some of your nature questions. Wow, that's really insightful. Which that, question that was, was your Which
0: question intrigued you the most? Uh,
1: um, probably, probably the one um, about. <clears throat> I agree, Jane. That's. Yeah. 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 So, so uh, yeah, that was my favorite part personally. But uh,
0: anyways, no the in, the interview with uh, Jeff Quarles that was really interesting. I really enjoyed it and I learned a lot about him. He was a really cool, interesting guy and a lot of a
2: lot of cool stories. Yeah, guys, let us know if you want any follows with him. I even if you don't want it, we're probably gonna do it anyways. Yeah. Screw you guys. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you want to look up Jeff Quarles or anything like that, like he said in the interview, you can look him up on YouTube. That's Jeff Quarles, J E F F Q U A R. Les, And if you're wondering why that sounds familiar, that's because he's the father of our very own Evan Quarles, who does our theme. Um, but yeah, guys, so what do you say we transfer into Pick a Pod and see what we're going to be doing next?
1: Yeah.
2: All right, I have the uh, the, the wheel right here. Um, Jane, would you like to spin it and flick the bean?
1: I would <laughs> love to. Would dust off that I classic. I just <laughs> really want that joke to be over. All right. I, I'm not going <laughs> to flick it.
0: Flick <laughs> the bean, you flick it. Do not, no, do not. Up. One, no, one do hard not. flick.
1: Uh. Ew.
2: <laughs> I can't read what it it's, says.
1: God damn it. Health. That w- that could be exciting.
2: But none of us are healthy. Are we really qualified to talk about it? Fuck
1: you. I am. I'm working
2: out now. Okay, you eat grapes all day. Great.
1: I, was you,
0: a, I, n- I wanted some grapes and said, fuck you. I'm not getting you grapes.
1: First of all, they're very high in natural sugars so they bloat you. So I bought you Oreos instead You're welcome (laughs) Yeah much healthier Um, (laughs) Yeah that's a lot better But also I was a nutrition minor For a while You guys know that Right Minor For Uh, a while Yeah Well and then I realized That I didn't want to do anything Career wise with it Like fitness and nutrition And everything really interest me And I like learning About those things But And I like apply them to myself But I don't care about Teaching other people Like I'm not Like I wouldn't want to get paid To listen Uh, to people Complain to me Your health doesn't matter to me What kind
0: of jobs Do you get in that
1: In nutrition Yeah a nutritionist. Oh, uh, you could be like a personal that. trainer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously not with a nutrition degree, but like Stands the reason. mostly yeah. around nutrition. Well,
2: next week's episode is going to be about something having to do with health. Yeah. Uh, but until health, then, yeah. you guys can... Wait, Wait is right. it about good health or bad health? Let's, Whatever
1: like, we want to do. I'm we're going to figure that out post this Mortem. episode. <laughs> I'm going to talk about mental health. <laughs> we could. That was actually one of the things that I pitched for this topic <laughs> is oh, mental really? health. Oh, yeah. Wow. So if you have an idea that you want to do, you can post I it. I don't, but I'll find on one. On the drive. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we have a drive. <laughs> well, until then, guys, you can get in touch with us in a couple of ways. We are on Twitter and Instagram at idcrisispod. That is idcrisispod. We're Go also, follow
1: us. Give it a like.
0: You can also
2: email us. Smash that like button. Thank you. <laughs> We're also You can also email us at idcrisispod at gmail.com. And if you feel so inclined... Give us a five-star review or just yeah. a decent review on iTunes. Can you review us on any other podcast mediums? I, I don't actually know. Don't, know.
1: I don't know. I know that on the podcast app, like the actual like app on iPhones, you can. So get on there and rate us. Yeah, in all seriousness, guys. Smash that subscribe it button. Does, it
2: does help us out it. a lot. We're still growing podcasts. I think we get a listener here and there, but we'd love to really engage with you guys. Make, so. some, make some
0: fan art of us, you know.
2: Nothing Doing like weird shit. Yeah, it's no like no slash slash fiction. We don't want to be ended up fiction. fiction. We want it all. And <laughs> up in any... the uh,
1: weirder the better. Weird yeah.
2: orgies. Actually, yeah. Go ahead and make that. Family. Yeah,
1: do that. And we,
0: and we might uh show he it on our uh, if it's appropriate. We might show it on our uh, social media.
2: <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, definitely be checking out our social media, guys. Uh, this week because uh Mister Cruel's has got some golden stuff for you. Okay, that's gonna be very uh picture and video heavy. So. Hooray. um this has been a great time learning about nature, and I'm going to go pet a squirrel, baby. Hell yeah. I'm going to go stick my hand in a random snake hole and see what happens. That's not a euphemism. It is. <laughs> okay. Well, see you later, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. bye uh, Adopt. Don't spy. I don't know. <laughs> I'm
1: a <laughs> snake.
2: Did I rescue him or did he rescue me? <laughs> no.
1: Don't you do it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, will we ever escape it?